I'm John. I'm Rob. And this is the Mint One Podcast. Where we talk all things NFTs and the rise of blockchain gaming. So Rob, why are NFTs dead? (laughs) Wow. Throwing me under the bus in the intro. I don't know. Let's find out. Okay, back once again after our one-week hiatus for the Mm Metamon podcast because uh, I took a week off, which was the first one for about a year and a half. But uh, yeah, do you feel refreshed? I I did on Monday, (laughs) and now it's Thursday, and I'm not feeling as refreshed as I did. But no, that's how they work. There we go. Um, It's been I've I've kept a few cursory tabs on what's going on in the space. It's been I wouldn't say a dry time, but it's not been many kind of major announcements and things. Mm. The biggest. Biggest thing I've seen is I don't know if you've seen the Twitter profile for Other Side. That's the Bored Ape Metaverse yeah. project. It's Did they just get hacked. I don't. There was, I think it was Crypto Gaga on Twitter was like, "Hmm, looks suspicious. Maybe they've been hacked." But everyone in the comments was like, "If it if they were hacked, you would say, <laughs> like, you wouldn't be like, hmm, maybe this has been hacked.' So yeah. it's it's very bizarre. I mean, let me let me get it up at the moment. Um, there was a few hacks doing the rounds, uh, but. They didn't. There didn't seem to be substantial evidence behind them. All right, I, I've just headed to their Twitter profile, and apparently they were hacked. So oh. <laughs> they've got the okay. account back, though, which is good. So yeah, there's been. I mean, it's just a non, the ongoing saga of yeah, um, not just people in crypto, but people across gaming and and all sorts of other communities getting hacked in in recent mm. months, and shows no signs of stopping, unfortunately. So um, no, it does not. Yeah, better, better. Change those passwords and, and keep an eye on where you're putting all your details. Uh, Absolutely. Maybe we should start treating our social passwords like we're treating our private keys, you know, stored on paper in like three different locations. <laughs> yeah. Or well, actually, I don't know about writing your password down on paper unless you've got a vault in your house, maybe. Well, you could write it down on paper, memorize it, and then split it into three different places. And burn it. And then burn it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the way. That's the route. That's right. it's for every password, I can imagine like all of the I don't know two hundred and fifty passwords I've got saved in my Google. Just trying to p- commit all of those to memory would take yeah. me a uh, an amount of time, let's say. But just uh, use the same password for all of them. That's got. Oh, safe. that's the perfect solution. Yeah, just exactly. just password one two three and you're fine. Mm, uh, that's got numbers <laughs> in it, so that's harder to crack. Yeah, I got all password one two three. Um, full stop. There you go. That's, that's oh, even more secure. That's at least point eight of a second before that's correct. <laughs> but anyway, let's um, let's roll into the topic for the pod. Uh, mm. Why NFTs are dead? So, admittedly, that is quite a clickbaity title. I'm not going Fair. to lie, but I think it's it, we have seen that rhetoric in the space, um, especially over the last few months or so, as the bear market has rolled on. There's been more. Uh, mainstream media and, in, in fairness, more crypto media commenting on this whole, hey, you know, everything's down by 95%, you know, mm. crypto's not moving, we're still stuck in this bear, everything's gone to a standstill, um, you know, there's p- projects are, are releasing, but they're not getting the sales that they used to, and there's just this, it feels like the entire blockchain space is kind of shrouded in this um, kind of this glim mood at the moment. There's no, there's not much positivity about it. It's very kind of down in the dumps. And I think there, there's two two aspects I want to take this discussion. There's one, the kind of the popular narrative of the death of NFTs, and, you know, not any particular type of NFTs, but NFTs and blockchain in general. And two, the the term NFT itself. Um, let, let's let me just talk about that second one real quick. So 
I had a um, relatively lengthy call with like a, a potential partner we're, we're going to work with um, earlier this week, and he threw a couple of questions at me just to get my, I, I suppose, the, the benefits of my, my thoughts on the space. And one of the things he asked is, well, hey, we're, we're launching this new product. It's going to have NFTs in it, but we're noticing all these other brands aren't really calling their NFTs NFTs anymore because NFT is such a it's got such a bad reputation now. So mm. he was like, well, what do you think we should do? And I was like, hmm, well, if I was you, I probably wouldn't be calling my NFTs NFTs either. <laughs> Just because it's... I, I guess it, it depends makes it, who you're marketing at, doesn't it? Yeah, well, the, I mean, these product, uh, this project I was speaking to is trying to appeal to a mass market audience. And I was like, well, if you're trying to entice the public, you can't call your NFTs NFTs. And I think this is a problem that a lot of... Um, a lot of big name projects running into. I mean, PlayStation released uh, what are effectively NFTs a week or two ago, and they adamantly did not call them NFTs anyway. It's like, oh, digital collectibles, digital achievements. Digital, it, mm. it, they're just not obfuscate what they are. But I don't really know what the industry does in response to how NFTs are treated. Because, I mean, digital assets is... I mean, it's an okay term, but a, d- a digital asset could also be crypto, not just NFTs. Hmm. And then you've got digital collectibles, which is like technically my wow items are digital collectibles because I'm collecting them in a game. So I- I'm not sure. I-, I mean, this is a very kind of open, open topic, but I'm not sure what the what the crypto space does in the response to the bad rep that the term NFT now has. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it matters. I mean, it's the whole rose by another name thing. I, I don't, I think perhaps it's smart to, to move away from the term NFT given the reception it now gets. Uh, but I think what's more interesting to me is why it's suddenly getting this reception. Um, when we decided this is what we wanted to talk about, you know, the perception of NFTs. Why the mainstream media are reporting that they're dead when, I mean, they're obviously not, but that's what they, they like to do. And the, the parallel I drew was with, um, you know, Stephen Bartlett. He's yes. got, um, he actually works in Web3. He's got Web3 company and, uh, on his podcast, I can't, I like, really like his podcast and I can't remember which episode it was, but he was talking about how it might have been the Coinbase one actually, uh, about how the media, as a as a celebrity, the media spend a lot of time building you up when you're new. They try and make you more sound like amazing and innovative and a genius and a family man. And they build you up and they build you up. And when you get to a certain height, they then turn and they try and tear you back down. And they try and rake up any sort of dirt they can find on you. And they try and bring you down with any rumor. And the way they did it to him is they tried to find ex-employees that were disgruntled. He'd never even met them, but they were making out that like he was treated poorly. And the reason I think this is a good parallel is in a way they've done that. They do that with ideas as well. And I think they've done it with um, NFTs in particular, and, and maybe crypto as a whole, where initially they were sort of like, what is this? This is kind of cool. This is interesting. People didn't know what it was. So they wrote content about what it is and what it can do. And they got guest writers and they got experts explaining where it's going to go and what, how it could revolutionize stuff. And then it got to this point where it, it went viral and people were buying NFTs for silly money and the NFT volume was crazy. And then they just 
decided to turn on it but then it also plays in beautifully with the detractors that were already there there was already a sizable group that dislike blockchain they dislike nfts and crypto um and so maybe it's a clicks thing but now it feels like uh crypto just cannot sorry the mainstream media just cannot wait to report on some terrible thing that's happened whether it's a a hack or a rug pull or someone's lost a USB stick with billions of dollars on it. Like they can't wait to report on that. And I find it's particularly true with NFTs. Um, just anything that happens in the space that's bad, they they jump on it as quickly as they can to to report. You know how rubbish it is. The, the I mean, this is only sort of related, but um, have you seen the Decentraland thing that's that happened this week? I'm not sure I did. No. So, um, that radar's stats, uh, allegedly, I'm just gonna say allegedly over the whole thing here because it's confusing and there's a lot of people that are really pissed off about it. Um, so that radar showed that there was only 38 active users of Decentraland, despite the fact that it's worth like 1.8 billion or something stupid. Yeah. Um, and Decentraland went mad and said, that's not true. That radar is wrong. They're only tracking certain smart contracts. And then another person replied and said, if you average all the interactions with all the smart contracts over a month, you're averaging 36 active users a day. So it's looked that I mean, Decentraland says 8,000. So I don't know quite how there's such a disparity. And it seems very easy to work out who is closer to the truth there. But whatever. I couldn't believe how quickly mainstream media picked this up. It was wild. It, it was in so many different online publications that they just couldn't wait to be like uh, Metaverse that sold hundreds of millions of dollars of worth of NFTs and land uh, only has 30 players. Like, I mean, just you can Google it and the entire first page will be filled with these articles. And it's just, it's this strange, uh, I mean, this is why people are having to move away from the NFT um, term because the media uh, have really pushed a narrative against it as as this just scam, this fad, all, all the things we've seen for so long. But now it does feel as if, I mean, may, maybe ironically, maybe they're right. NFTs are dead insofar as they're dead being called NFTs. Like the concept of an yeah. NFT is dead, but the technology will persist under a different a different name maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the... That's one of the cruxes of the argument here. I think the media's given the term... I say the media like I'm some sort of conspiracy theorist. That's yeah, I know. Case. I felt <laughs> like that while I said it as well. <laughs> it's just my kind of... My, we are media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, I'm not saying we're part... I mean, we're part of the discussion, but we try and do it in a positive light rather than like the mm. negative torrent of, of demonising the space that we're in. But I, I think that that's the kind of the crux of the matter there is that the, the underlying technology obviously still has value, but the wider media perception and what the media has done to kind of demonize the term nfts has has really kind of killed that term off like anything with even a lukewarm attachment to nfts is immediately thrown under the pan mm. and there, there's only or there, there, there's only few kind of big companies that can get away with it for example you know um instagram implementing nfts and facebook implementing nfts like people people are aware that meta you know the wider company are heading into the metaverse and making that a big part of what they do so it's kind of like oh you know it's kind of expected nfts are going to become a part of this but if mm. it's 
I don't know, just a, a traditional brand who has no connection to the industry all of a sudden is like, hey, we have an NFT membership thing or PlayStation being like, hey, we have PlayStation Stars now, which is a digital collectible thing. And then people are like, well, the, the, why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Like NFTs are bad. Like all these people have told me NFTs are bad for a year and a half. So, so why are you doing this? I mean, I just Googled NFTs now, just the term NFTs, went on news on Google. And other than Cointelegraph, which of course... Cointelegraph are going to publish positive things about the space um, uh, and Damien Hurst burning all of his pieces of artwork this <laughs> yeah. week um, everything else is is negative so there's obviously that uh, have you seen the Logan Paul NFT meme this week mm, I don't think so well like he purchased an NFT for like I think it was 140k and there's this meme going around that it's now worth $10 um, it's, it, it's right. worth it's worth a bit more than ten dollars, but in comparative terms, not much more. <laughs> um, yeah. But there, there's all these media outlets like, hey, he purchased these NFTs for like two point six million. It's now worth like a lot, lot less than that. So, oh no, Logan Paul's done it silly, and NFTs are dead, and all these investors are losing so much money. And it's, I think, other than outlets that cater specifically to Web three, um, you'll be hard pressed to find traditional outlets that cover the NFT space at all in a yeah, even in a neutral sense, I think it's it's mostly negative. I, I mean, I will give credit to like the BBC. They because of course they they cover the Damien Hurst thing. We're like, hey, he's burning all these pieces of art. But even within that article, there was saying, um, or they got some commentary from people saying like, how dare he burn these pieces of art that um, were worth ten thousand dollars when we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis and and all of this. So that's part I, of his. That's part of the whole thing. Yeah, that's part of his. Whole, it's it's part of being Damien Hurst. But again, it, it's this kind of this lack of understanding of what it is he's actually doing. Mm. But the, the whole point of his collection was you either have the physical art or you have the NFT. And yeah. it was, I think it was roughly a 50-50 split. 50, 50% chose to have the NFT, 50% chose to have the print. Mm. Um, but, but again, they kind of, although some people phrasing it is that always oh, burned 5,000 pieces of art worth 10 grand each. So, oh, that's like, I don't know, is that 5, five million? 500,000? Mm. I, I can't do math that quick in my head. But anyway, it was like, oh my God, he's throwing all this money away. It's... Yeah, I mean, frustrating to see. I just googled NFTs while you were saying that to see what I would get, and the top article for me that isn't Damien Hurst is these six-figure NFTs are down ninety-nine percent. And then, yep. I mean, this is—I don't know—I don't actually know what this website usually reports on, but uh, it's mainly just going over ones that sold at the peak, <laughs> essentially. But I think what's—it's both exact, so it's exacerbating it. I don't know how to I don't know how to formulate this in, in the best way, but the bear market is playing perfectly into this narrative that it was a fad and that NFTs are dead. Um, but every single website that's saying that isn't also balancing it out by saying we are in a bear market, everything's down. And if you look at previous bear markets, the price is tanked then as well. So yeah. I mean the all-time highs get higher and comparatively the the dips are lower in terms of percentage because yep. you know they, they got to this this crazy all-time higher that we've seen um and it it, do, it does frustrate me i i mean i before we jumped on this pod i was just going over some of my notes i, I tend to say like save and favorite different studies and surveys that i think might be useful and i took a few uh that i think are, i mean they're just they're exactly what we're saying, but they, they also show a general, um, 
I don't know, mindset shift, I guess, in the last six months. So there was a, a study by Variety magazine. And the reason I, I saved this one is because it's nothing to do with crypto. Um, and they asked a lot of questions of people. Have you heard of crypto? And they split it into age groups. And you can see, so they asked in terms of an investment, whether people think it was a bad investment, a neutral opinion, or a good investment uh, to invest in crypto and NFTs. And I think this is actually specifically NFTs. And in January 2022, it was like pretty low. Most people, I mean, we were just coming off the back of an all-time high in December. Um, But so let's have a look. You had 28% of respondents thought it was a bad investment in January. In July, just gone, it's 44%. So it spiked a lot. And then that's obviously just cannibalized neutral and good investments. So in January, it was 35% were neutral or 37% were good. And now it's 29 and 28. It's just, but again, this, this, the results of this survey need to look at the fact that it's a, it's a bear market and buying in July would have been a bad investment depending on how long you're looking. It's all, it's all about <laughs> yeah. timeline, isn't it? Like if, yeah. if you bought it in July and we're going to sell now, then yes, that was, that was a, that was a bad investment, but yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, it's the point with any financial market, you only lose money when you sell <clears throat> or you only, you only make any difference on your initial investment when you sell. So, yeah. you know, if I, if I hold on to, I mean, let's say I did buy, for example, a board ape at the height of the height of the bull in November last year. If I sold it now, I'd be an idiot. <laughs> mm. But if I held on to it for another, I don't know, two and a half, three years, I might be in a better position than I would be now. Yeah. Um, if I don't need access to that capital, then why should I sell now? Um, you know, like with any financial market, things will fluctuate. And it, it, strangely enough, us two being in the UK, when it, you know, we're going through something. Uh, with some similarities with no. our financial markets at the moment, you know, with the, with the value of the pound falling through the floor. But I will say with that, with a lot of these articles that are saying, hey, these NFTs are down 99%, a lot of them don't correlate the value of the NFT to the value of the um, the cryptocurrency underpinning it. So mm-hmm. whilst a lot of them will say, hey, you know, this NFT did sell for, I don't know, 1.2 million and now it's worth 50K, they don't say, well, hey, the price of Ethereum was, you know, four grand back then and now it's like i think it was one thousand eight hundred dollars last time i looked so Mm. and whilst we do get that analysis of like nfts we don't really get that analysis of like real world things i i I thought about this earlier so obviously the price of the pound has crashed um so if i let's say for example i bought a car for twenty thousand pounds like two months ago i've lost money on the value of that car because the value of the pounds crashed if you see what i'm saying but there's nobody writing an article saying oh my god you're an idiot to buy a car like two months ago do you, do you see what i mean does it work like that i i don't know because the the thing with the pound crashing is i don't know if you saw james acaster's joke about uh the pound doesn't crash the pound's worth a pound <laughs> yeah and so if you're stuck in your own ecosystem and you only ever interact with a pound I guess the pound has crashed comparatively and it's usually, you know, with the dollar. I don't know if uh, car manufacturers change the retail price depending on, I don't know if they have a, perhaps they work on dollars and that, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but, but it's definitely ignored. 
the the crash outside of crypto has been I mean, it's it's working towards horrendous, but then that's also fueling the crash in crypto. Like yep. today's the CPI uh, thing is what's caused today's massive dip, because people don't want to take riskier investments. Which um, crypto crypto is a risky investment. There's there's no getting around that, and I think most people inside crypto, even if you believe it long term, knows that crypto is is fairly risky. Yep. And also, if people have less cash, then they need to. Um, get more and if you've got money in something like crypto perhaps you want to trade out even though you're going to take a bit of a loss just to get more cash which might be a more a sensible a sensible idea in the first place yep. so yeah it's i mean the, these surveys I, I screenshot a few of the the interesting results and particularly when it comes to nfts it it's crazy how much things have changed in just under six months or or six months if it's going from january to july um, NFTs and as an investment from the, the same survey from Variety magazine, NFTs in it as an investment. Um, it's so, it, this really does show the difference between people inside and outside of crypto. So, um, of people who own an NFT or more than one NFT, the percentage of people who thought NFTs was a bad investment is so small. I can't actually see the number. Um, but if they didn't own any, 56% of people thought it was a bad investment. Mm. Um, and then 67% of people who own one thought it was a good investment, but only 15% of people who didn't own one. And it, it just, it's just showing the sort of the dichotomy. And this is what is fueling this narrative because it gets clicks. You, like I, I know from a photography website that the the articles that get people arguing are the ones that do the best in views yeah and and this is this is just perfect because the people in crypto tend to be fairly entrenched and the people outside of crypto if they're anti-crypto are also entrenched and so we just get into this thing where like nfts are dead no they're not nfts are a fad no they're not and it's just this this same back and forth and yeah it's it's, i'm tired of it yeah there's this as we've kind of referenced, there's this preconception of what NFTs are and the effect that they have and why they're so bad. And in in some cases, when it comes to like controversy, it does sometimes play into our favour. I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's played into my favour sometimes with some of the content I've written. So, for example, earlier this week, I published an article on um, Mike Shinoda from uh, the Linkin Park co-founder, his latest uh, NFT project. Mm. And I thought, do you know what I'm going to post this? I'm going to post it in the Linkin Park subreddit. So I did. And it got a lot of traction for 30 minutes and then it got banned from the subreddit. <laughs> but for, for, those 30, for those 30 minutes, people were like, oh my God, NFTs, blah, 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 NFTs are horrible, blah, blah, blah. But people obviously cared enough to leave those comments yeah. rather than you, ignore sorry, it entirely. This is totally off, off track. <laughs> why did you get banned from Linkin Park subreddit for no posting idea. something about Linkin Park? No idea. <laughs> I, I haven't bothered. I, I'm not going to lie. It's not the first subreddit I've been banned for for posting something about NFTs by like someone involved so yeah reddit's a strange place and it depends which corner of reddit you go to there's some corners that are very nft friendly and some that definitely aren't but Mm. there's i mean anywhere you go on the internet there's going to be there's very few moderate opinions on nfts like i I don't feel there's many people that think about nfts in a a similar kind of ilk as kind of myself and yourself or you know similar people that you know, there's not many balanced arguments out there. It's either they're inherently bad or they're pretty good, and mm. there's no, 
there's no middle ground there. I guess um, that happens. Does that happen with everything? I, guess, I, su- I, I can't remember. I can't remember with like things like the internet. I I remember a lot of detractors, but I, I was too young. I, I can't remember there being this sort of dichotomy of people for and against. Well, if I if I give a quick kind of comparison to let's say football. You've got people who like football and follow football. You've got people who dislike football. But I don't think there's many people out there that, like, vehemently hate football to the point that, like, they would argue with me if I was like, I like football. Oh, my God, how dare you like football, you awful person. Yeah, it's it's a very strange place to be in. But anyway, we kind of went a bit off topic there. Um, I think I'll... So that person I spoke to earlier this week, the the first question he asked me was about um, the, the using the term NFT. And I gave my opinion. And he asked me a very interesting second question. So he was like, obviously we saw the top of the bull market in November 2021. Do you think we'll see NFTs hit those heights in terms of price again? And I'd never really thought about it before. And we, I I kind of, I tried to quickly formulate my thoughts on it. And I I came to the conclusion that I don't think they will. I don't personally think punks and apes and those blue chips are going to hit the heights that they did in the November 21 height of the bull. I I did say to him that I think we're going to see new projects emerge and those may hit those kinds of US dollar figures. But I think of the projects we have around at the moment, I would be surprised if they hit the heights that they once did. What are your thoughts on that? Also trying to formulate them. Um, So... So we we differ on, in one area when it comes to NFTs. You are far more um, friendly towards uh, NFT art collections that I, I I generally am not that into these large collections of of NFTs. I don't yep. I don't think necessarily a lot of them. I think the art isn't very good, and I mean yep. that objectively rather than just <laughs> like I'm not trying to be an art critic. I mean they're objectively not very good to look at. Yep. Um, and I just think they're kind of money grabs and, and they just, they bore me. But obviously I love NFTs for utility, but I do think there are good art projects. I think the blue chips are weird. They're going to be really hard to predict by virtue of the fact that they have a, a, a water level that they've set with these all-time highs. I also think that things like Bored Apes, so I think Bored Apes and CryptoPunks are singular because Bored Apes... Firstly, has this whole mystique around it, the celebrity presence and um, the access to the metaverse, plus the the club and the events. So that has utility and and enough that I think it could it could keep going and it could return to that. CryptoPunks, I see CryptoPunks as the the pinnacle of early NFTs. They they're like that's sort of a historic, a digital historic artifact for me. Um, I would like to own a CryptoPunk, not because I love the aesthetic, but just because it's one of the first NFTs. And I just think it's it, it's cool to own a piece of internet history like that and an NFT history. Yep. Um, as for the these art, the myriad art projects that created 10,000 profile pictures and, and then went to silly. No, I, I I was shocked they got as high as they did. And I I just can't ever see them see them returning to that. But mm. I mean, who knows? It's it's so funny because I was thinking about this earlier. When I remember when we were in in December last year, when we were really flying high, I remember thinking when things were low, I remember having a conversation with myself and saying, 
you know how low it is, buy more. And then the other, the other little voice going, don't do it. There's no guarantees in this world. And then I hit, we hit the highs and I'm like, God, you're such an idiot. You should have done it. And I'm having that same conversation again, like with NFTs and cryptocurrencies. I'm thinking, my God, look how low it is. And you know, the fee, fear greed index is like, uh, fire sale, fire sale, go out and buy stuff. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, right. Okay. Let's just, let's just drop some of my savings on it because I've seen it. I've seen this. What's this? A third I've seen of this and you know what happens, but I just can't, like, I just can't do it. And I think with NFTs particularly, I, I think they represent far, far riskier investment um, in terms of buying yeah. the fire sale, so to speak. Yeah, I think NFTs in general are just far more volatile than cryptocurrency itself. And I think we're, we're in this tricky situation at the moment where we're seeing a lot of people say, hey, when the bull market returns, as if it's a foregone conclusion <laughs> that prices yeah. are going to rise to the level that they used to. None of us have any idea what the next bull market will look like. It could be that we only hit half of what we did November 21. It could be we surpass it. Nobody knows. Um, so, and again, as we've said, it, it depends entirely on how long term you're thinking. If you want to make, if you want to buy and sell three months later, that's a whole different ball game to buying now and selling in five years. Hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it it is tricky, but I I will say for the for the blue chips, I mean, Coolcats is a project I talk about on a semi regular basis. I mean, they had a fairly spectacular fall from grace. I think their all time high was it was it was many many ETH. <laughs> let's hmm. say it, it was one of the preeminent blue chips, you know, around the CryptoPunk and Bordeaux kind of level. And then I think now the floor price of a Coolcats is what three and a half, four ETH, something like that. I think it's gone up slightly because they've got a new CEO and they've just partnered with Animoca and they're doing all sorts of other things. But it's it's interesting seeing these blue chips branch out into you know games and other experiences, and and that's cool. But again, all of these projects are still beholden to whatever the community opinion is, regardless of who they bring in or who they partner with or it, it, it all just depends on what the community feels about that project so i think it was either last week or the week before um jenkins the valet who's one of uh he's a kind of a famous board ape holder is now creating his own kind of metaverse project called Azabala. he was going to do ten thousand profile pictures and they did this big thing on Twitter. It was like, hey, here's the first glimpse of what our PFPs are going to look like. And the response was dreadful. <laughs> I think he'd been building these for like, I think it was six to nine months where he'd got artists and done all this art. And obviously they were very proud of it. But they, I don't know if you've seen them, but they really fell into like this uncanny valley. They're like these weird kind of um, Azure Bala. So Azure Bala NFT... Uh, so yeah, there's some, I think if you go on their Twitter, you may be able to see the old oh, video. Yeah. I'm not sure if they've taken it down now. I've just seen some, um, it looks like a Skyrim cat. Yeah. Cat person. Uh, uh, I can't remember the race name. I'm, I'm very sorry, Skyrim fans. Um, so they, so they did that art reveal on, I think it was either 2nd of October, 3rd of October and... Yeah, it just got panned, basically. It, 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 I don't mind these, to be honest. They and I'm really critical. <laughs> so, so but they're not, they're not bad. But I get, I get why people disliked them. Like, 
they do have that weird uncanny valley feeling about them like the one with the yellow coat where it's like almost a hyper realistic coat and then you've got that kind of cartoony flat face and it's it's a strange kind of clash and in in fairness um as soon as it happened i think jenkins went on went on uh, i believe twitter and discord and was like we hear you we get you i'm not a fan of these we're basically going to fire all of our graphic designers. We're going to do all of these profile pictures over again. So I'm not sure how long that's going to take them, but that they've said that's what they're going to do. And, and and I feel that was a kind of a strange. I'm not going to say it was incorrect or correct. I mean, who? I mean, I'm not. I don't personally dislike them that much, but I'm also not a huge fan of them. I can get why people didn't like them very much. But. but don't you? Oh, no, sorry. Finish, finish your thought. What I was going to say is, um, with a lot of these projects like punks and apes or whatever, it's it's not the visuals that hold the value much anyway. It's it's kind of the extraneous benefits you get from them. And I get people want to identify with a particular profile picture and things, but I, I'm not sure if they took that initial response to too much to heart and were like, oh no. Like, without giving people time to kind of mm. maybe pull themselves around to them a bit more. It's like, oh, God, response is bad. We need to save our project. Right. Statement. We're, we're cutting all of this. We're going to go back to square one, hire new designers, get more community feedback, blah, 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 do this all over again. And I mean, it could have been the death of a project. It seems like, for the most part, the community are kind of behind Jenkins. Like, right, we understand, you know, we're going to get this back on track kind of thing. But... It just it, it it stood out to me as how quickly a very hyped project can go south if the community are not fans of what they see. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I, you know, I, I could be way off base with this, but it, it, do they provide any sort of utility? So it it's uh, there's this whole like narrative story, and they're going to be part of the metaverse. So I think I I, I believe that these were going to be ten thousand characters. The characters will be part of the metaverse, and that right. factors into the wider kind of lore of this whole world that they're building. And I mean, maybe maybe it makes more sense then. But when when I look at so I have to look at photographers often, and I do look at art as well. I do I enjoy certain kind of niche types of art, and um, if say I bought into an art, say an artist sold me a collection before I'd seen it. One of my favorite artists said, I'm going to do some portraits. Like one of my favorite photographers said, I'm going to do some portraits um, in a special style and then you can pre-buy it and then I'll send you yours. And then he revealed it and I didn't like the style he'd shot it in. I thought it looked rubbish. If he changed it, I'd lose all respect because... I think art is a lot about confidence yeah. and yeah, absolutely. having if your style is so malleable that people whining gets you to pull a 180 I, I that that just yeah. loses everything for me I'm I mean I would pay extra to have the first crappy design totally. of of one of those cat people <laughs> honestly I would <laughs> I think it's and it's it's no wonder that kind of wider media will say that NFTs are dead when projects are you know, in, in a medium where art is supposed to be so meaningful and have so mm. much value, it's no wonder that wider media says that NFTs are dead when the second there's negative opinions about this new art style or new PFPs, whatever, the creators behind it are immediately like, right, we've got to change, we've got to, we've got to overhaul this. We it, it's just, it's kind of siphoning art and creative expression into 
a, an area that's just what the community likes rather than doing something unique or interesting mm. or different it's like it's why we've got so many bored ape clones why we've got so many punk clones because it's a recognizable image that people within nfts cling on to they're like oh i can i can get a bored ape but for like one one hundredth of the price and it looks kind of similar it's obviously it's not the same thing but Mm. it kind of i understand why some people i'm not one of them but why some people would be like hey i you know i do want to get into this project that's very similar to this other one and I, I, as you've said, so much of um, art is confidence. I mean, that, just speaking of that Damien Hurst um, piece that he's done, where it, it, I don't know if you've seen it, it's just loads of like dots that he's done individually mm. on loads of pieces of paper. If an unknown artist did that, it'd be cool. It probably wouldn't get anywhere near the traction, but it's it's got its value because it's Damien Hurst and his history and the way he does things. And, mm. you know, so much if you're an artist in the space or if you're doing anything to do with nfts in the space at all it is so much about confidence and sticking to your vision and not you know but going off that path i think there's a lot of projects in the space that have this really strong idea of where they want to go to to begin with but then as more and more people get invested into the project and into what they're doing they're like oh we, we well we've got to cater to these people they're keeping our floor price high and you know they're ultimately the ones that are going to, you know, enjoy or reap the benefits of this project or enjoy holding their NFTs for any length of time. And it's, I think it, I wouldn't say it's going entirely against what the kind of one of the foundational beliefs of NFTs in general was, is that it gives more value to art. But I think that NFTs or, or the, the status quo we have around NFT design at the moment is, I, I do feel it's harming the creative expression that we saw really explode when nfts first came to the fore you know we saw so many different interpretations so many you know this is like pre-apes pre-doodles pre well i won't say pre-punks but you know we had so many different designs so many different things and now we're much like you know similar industries that have done this in the past it's now people are expecting things to look a certain way to behave a certain way to have certain utility to do certain things and it's we're seeing less and less projects do things that are unique and cool and if that's what it looks internally, then externally it's going to look ten times worse. When they look at an industry and they see no new innovation, no new cool things, you know, nothing, nothing interesting that's happened in the last six twelve months. It's it's just kind of a self fulfilling prophecy in a way. Yeah, and I think the more we've spoken about it, the more I think I have my answer to our NFTs dead, and I think NFTs of their previous form are dead. I, I think you you I think you've lost your opportunity to create these generative art collections, these ten thousand profile pictures. That you, there has to be unless you create something unbelievably beautiful or interesting or singular or special in some artistic way, then it's it's nowhere near enough anymore. You need story, you need um, some sort of presence, you need metaverse, you need you need so much more utility to it. And and that is, I mean, we've said this for God knows how long, that utility is the next phase for NFTs. And I think the previous phase is probably, is dead now. Um, one thing I, di- I did want to bring up is the, uh, hang on, it was in that variety survey. The... Ownership. So this doesn't really speak to the volume, uh, like trade volume of NFTs, but I thought this was interesting anyway. They were asked, they asked people in July 2021, January 2022, and then July 2022, 
whether you own one or more NFTs. And they filtered it by age group. So 60 plus, uh, 2% in July, 3% in January, 2% in July, 2022. So, okay. you know, whatever. Um, 45 to 59 was a bit more interesting because it was at 10% in last July, dropped to about 9, 8.5% um, in January and then down to 7% in July. So, I mean, not much movement. But then... Then I think these these are the interesting ones. So thirty to forty four age bracket was about seventeen and a half percent in July. Then it went up to about twenty three or twenty four percent in January, and then it's down to twenty two percent. So a slight correction on that. But fifteen to twenty nine was fourteen percent in July twenty two one. So less than the thirty to forty four bracket. They then overtook them by January 2022, where they hit 25%. And in July 2022, they're 25%. So mm. they haven't dropped, but even the ones that have dropped have not dropped much. I mean, mm. given if, if you contrast that with the, the percentages of, <laughs> you know, the percentage drop we've seen in value and in trade volume, it's, you know, horrendous. And trade volume is probably a, maybe a better metric to follow. But I think when you're surveying a big group of people, if someone owned it a year ago and they still own it, just despite all this, I think that is an interesting way of looking at it because it's not necessarily these whales that are buying thousands of NFTs a month. Um, it's more interesting how many people own NFTs. Yeah. And the fact that this group, the group was only a probably... 4,000, 5,000 people. So it's, it's not massive. No. Um, but the fact that it, you know, in July 2021, it was 14% for 15 to 29s and then it hit 25% around the, the all time highs and it's still 25% now. I, I like that. That's a good indicator and that's about the right age bracket we want to see adoption from. So yeah. if that can survive one of the worst bear markets we've seen, if not the worst, then I think that's a very positive indicator for the future of NFTs. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what those NFTs were, like whether games, art, collectibles, mm -hmm. etc. I mean, I would, yeah. I would hazard a guess, although I'm not sure that a lot of that um, kind of sustained uptake from the younger age bracket might be gaming. I, 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 yeah, not, I don't be. know for sure, but I mean that that's speculation. But I mean, we've, I, I agree with you. I think the current, you're, you're not going to have another ape you're not going to have another punk you know there's the time has passed for these purely art driven 10k generative things to to say that that's just the time's gone mm -hmm. Th that's not to say that you can't create a project that does start as as something unique and it doesn't grow to become something very interesting. I mean, loot, the loot NFT last year, it's just white text on a black background, but mm. that got so much hype and excitement around it just because of what the potential of what you could do with it. So there were people building, you know, hey, we're taking these loot NFTs and building armor sets around them and they can create avatars and things. Like that's, it, it's cool and it's unique and it's different and it's, it's something else than just doing. Hey, we're doing ten thousand of this again. Like I just, it's such a like it's such a tired trope at mm. the moment. Um, I think I published an article yesterday that there's um, original Stormtrooper NFTs coming to wax, and mm. of course it's a ten thousand piece PFP yeah, collection, okay. and then yeah. they've just done one with um, V bots, mm. 
Um, I'm like, unless you're going to do something cool with them and something interesting and give them some cool utility, have them give some interesting use. I can't see many people, many people like wanting one. Like, I suppose if if those stormtrooper NFTs, you know, if you collected an amount of them, you could exchange them for like one of the original helmets, like from Shepperton Design Studio. That'd be Mm. really cool. But I don't know if they're planning to do that. From all I've heard so far is, hey, there's 10,000 Stormtrooper NFTs coming. I'm like, right, okay, cool. I mean, I might pick one up, but I'm not expecting it to be worth anything after, like, a month. So Yeah, so I thought that um, them discussing, was it Supremacy Games? So Supremacy Games plus Tyranna Studios, X-Wax Studios. Yeah. Um, they're both gaming-centric, both of those. So... I'm hoping that there's some sort of longer vision for that. I think they said in the release that um, it would provide access to a game that they're building, but also right. provide access to future drops by, um, by I think it was by Shepton or by Supremacy, one of the two. Right. It's like, okay, so this gives me access to buy more stuff that I don't know the utility of. And it's just... Yeah, we have to start front-loading utility. And... And innovation needs to be like loot is a, is a very good example. People are still coming to the NFT space and they're still trying to make a quick buck and <laughs> people can see through it now. It's transparent. You need to bring value. Stop trying to extract from it. And if you can come to the space and add something, anything, even a small amount, add something new, something cool, you will make a fortune even now. So stop trying to see what's the the shortest Occam's razor, razor path to uh, to money and start looking at what you can bring, like what value you can add. Because, I mean, loot's a good example. It's not, it's not like world-breakingly cool. It's not, it's innovative. Um, and there's a lot you can do with it. And I really like it, but it's not exactly, it's not like some genius revolution. No. Just, just do something different. And, as for these generative, like automatically generative, ah, uh, I mean, get in the bin. I'm sick of you. <laughs> Absolutely sick. Of you. I didn't love yeah. you to begin with, and I, I can't. I, honestly, I've, my patience is is gone with those sort of collections. Yeah, I, I think it's. There's also, I, I think, this case of hey, these NFTs are going to become my digital identity. I also think <clears> that's kind of past now. Like we've got. Like I said, we've got the punks and the apes, but I mean, if you look at um, NFT profile pictures that are like verified through Twitter Blue, I- I'd say mm. the majority of those are probably the majority of those verified profile pictures are probably punks and apes, and probably not much else. Mm. I think you can you can only have a certain subsect of these like these collections that are in the cultural zeitgeist before any newcomers are just like, well, it's not a punk. <laughs> like you can mm. you can only have like two or three collections that people recognise, and then people are like, "What the hell's that?" Like it's an NFT, but I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it it is tough. Um, but yes, NFTs as we know it, I think we both agree are dead. But that's not to say that the industry as a whole is dead and buried and gone. I mean, we, we've said many, many times on this podcast. There's so much money, so much investment, so many game studios, so many. Uh, traditional brands looking and building in Web3, but that that's the next stage. I think this first wave of you know, art projects by unknown people and or people that were unknown before NFTs, I think that time has passed. I think you'd be very hard-pressed or you'd have to be very lucky to be, you know, a one-man artist or a, you know, a completely fresh team with, 
kind of no previous exposure mm. and like popularity to to really grow in nfts now now we as these newcomers have you know established their presence now we're looking to the established names outside of web3 to see what they can offer and how they're going to incorporate blockchain tech into what they're doing yeah i mean we are seeing we are seeing nfts application in in lots of strange areas that we didn't expect you know starbucks i mean i guess we kind of expected it in a way because we knew we knew what could happen we just weren't guessing it through the door um sorry go on so i was going to say i i think on that note I'd be. I don't think NFTs are going to get into every loyalty scheme, but I'd be hard pressed if blockchain technology doesn't become a staple of loyalty schemes for Web yeah. two brands moving forward. It just it just makes so much sense. I mean, we did a whole episode about it. It's mm. it's a no brainer. Yeah, and, and luxury brands as, as well have uh, they've got so much to gain from it, um, as has logistics. And I think we're starting to see those applications now. Um, and it, we we might find that it's a quieter revolution than it ha- has been. It was, if anything, it was too loud. I mean, I've mentioned it before. I, I'm, I've got friends that are building things in the space who were quietly pleased for a downturn just so that they could, you know, build methodically and without the pressure of, oh my God, every day we're not up and perfect. We're losing God knows how much money because everything's in a bull rush. So... I, th- I think that's that's I guess my my conclusion it, and I'm, I'm pretty confident with this now is that in many ways it was a fad the the whole art thing yeah. but nfts aren't though a particular the particular type of public facing nfts that we have seen so far are almost all of them are, will be dead which I think I, I said two years ago to be fair I, I, I think I've never had much love for a lot of the, the collections uh, don't get me wrong I still think it's a great way to publish your art and um, you know music uh, drawings paintings whatever I, I, I think it's a great medium for you to publish your art but I think a lot of what we've seen get extremely successful I think it's done and we are now moving into the utility which is what I don't know. I don't imagine the media outlets uh, think that they're referring to it in this way, but I think that's what they're alluding to is that that first initial phase of NFT virality is done. And now we're moving on to something with a bit more substance, a bit more um, utility and, and use to the, to the world. And now we're not melting polar bears as much thanks to (laughs) Ethereum merge. So it's all that's, good a, stuff. That's, that's a phrase you've not used in many a podcast no. there's been many episodes since you brought that one up but uh but yeah no i totally agree with you i think we're past the gold rush time for artists of any ilk uh, whether you're famous or not to to just make nfts and they blow just up and in. you make a crap load of money um that's not to say that i don't think digital artists can still find a use for nfts i i, I do think if you're doing something unique and something cool you will find an audience and you'll probably make more money through your art than you would have done via other means. Mm. So th- that, that opportunity is still there, but don't go expecting to make millions of dollars off a 10,000 piece generative NFT collection. And, and nor should you. No, you shouldn't. You really, really shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, and, like I'm going to mark this. F- that guy that just comes in <laughs> and then thinks, oh, I'm just going to make a 10,000. And there's people that have actually done it and they're driving around in like doge wrapped bugattis and it's just <laughs> disgusting it like it's it 
undermines what we what we want to see happen and the adoption we we need. And yeah, uh, sorry, you, you you really you press a button there. I didn't realize <laughs> no, I had it it. It, it. it kind of. I mean, this is a whole different topic. I probably don't want to dive into at the moment. But that not entirely incorrect perception that you know there is a lot of crypto bros that are 22 years old driving around in doge rap bugattis as you put it and no. you know the, the whole idea of you know blockchain and web3 is hey everybody gets a fair shake everybody you know it's fair for everybody there's i mean i don't quite want to go down the whole like kind of communism aspect or, or well, not really communism aspect of it but you know this whole idea of you know, we're, we're kind of sharing wealth around, you know, everyone is on the same level playing field as, you know, bankers and, it, mm. it's, you know, original. and I think that's, I think that whole idea is just dead in the water now as well, quite yeah. frankly, you know, crypto has made new millionaires, NFTs have made new millionaires and the opportunity to become one of those, not that that should be your goal at all because it shouldn't, but the opportunity for that to happen to just anybody coming into the space is just it's slimming by the day to the point where mm. I think it's basically non-existent at this point. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it is... It, NFTs are dead. Yeah, the goodbye to Ooh. the Mint One podcast. <laughs> no, clip it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we but talk no, all things and the rise of blockchain uh, gaming. <laughs> But yeah, there, there, there's a lot to look forward to. But art and generative stuff, and even the term NFT, I don't think is it. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure. I have any strong feelings on using the term NFT, but um, it, that could go with it with the whole utilityless art, rubbishy art, generative crap yeah. that we're, we've seen. Uh, well, so on the on the 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 term NFT is becoming. Um, kind of a, a a bad term so to speak i think that kind of extends from my point of view to everyone who's creating like nft derivatives so you know you who was it that we spoke to was it was it michael sanders from skyweaver that's doing like was it an sft semi-fungible token so i get what they're trying to do there they're trying to rebrand you know an nft and make them because it is different and it's new but i i don't know I, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to become um, the new common thing to say. Of course, with a new entry, you're going to have new vernacular. But when that vernacular gets, uh, you know, pulled through the dumpster, it's uh, it becomes difficult to know what's going to come next. But that's the case with the entirety of blockchain and Web3. There's new things every day, new projects every day, new utility every day. We're just along for the ride and we don't know any more than anyone else listening to this podcast. So... <laughs> Brilliant. That's that's about ten unsubs. <laughs> well, we we can sit, you know, with with both the media brands that we're building, and you know, I'd say we we might have a better idea of the ma- uh, sorry, not the macro, the micro of what's going on. But I mean, if you asked either of us what's going to happen three years from now, I bet we're both going to be wildly inaccurate. I, I don't. I don't think anyone answers that. There's uh, one of the books I'm reading at the moment is about crypto and. Um, he asked different, really senior people in in crypto, like heads of major organisations working in crypto, what they thought the metaverse will be and when they think it will land. And so many of them were like, "I'm not, I'm not giving you a date. I'm not, I'm not giving you any ideas. None of that's going to age well. There's like a four percent chance I'm going to be right, and then ninety six percent chance I get quoted for the rest of my life. So, yeah, um, yeah, no one can. No. So no, there we go. NFTs are uh, NFTs are officially dead. With an asterisk. 
With, with an asterisk. Mm. With a strong asterisk. Yeah, big, huge. Um, before I get into the outro, um, I was just thinking, have you seen the MetaQuest Pro VR headset they released this week? No, but I have been... Well, yeah, sort of. I haven't. I don't know the details. The reason I kind of bring that up is it kind of ties into the asterisk. Do you think that with this new Pro VR headset and, and or do you think Meta are going to make more of a concerted push to make blockchain and nfts more part of their vr experiences because there isn't much interaction there at the moment but maybe they so i I wrote an article on this recently um about how people keep conflating oh we've spoken about before but conflating vr and the metaverse as if the metaverse can only exist in vr and i think mark zuckerberg is right at the forefront of that so probably is the answer Mm. yeah i'm curious i i mean the price of the pro headset is Ridiculous, How much is it? But I think it's about four times as expensive as the uh, medical. It's like one thousand four hundred British pounds, right. I believe. It's, but I mean, it looks cool, but it doesn't look awesome. fourteen hundred quid cool. But is it is it actually good, or is it going to give me motion sickness? And see, this is there's so many problems with VR that just need to be sorted. Like I, I. I mean, I, I'm using my uh, MetaQuest two every single day. I play Beat Saber quite a lot. I went into um, Horizon Worlds, which is Meta's kind of VR metaverse space, mm. um, the other day. And there's so many things with motion sickness that still haven't been sorted by VR, quite frankly. Just, like the, they the can't quite with, get it right. No, I mean, I mean with, with Horizon Worlds, obviously you're, you can use the joysticks to move around, but also you're stood still. And it just does weird things to your brain. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm quite, I'm somewhat sensitive to motion sickness anyway. And yeah, it, it is tricky. It is tricky. It doesn't mean that Beat Saber isn't fun to play because it is, but man, there's, there, I, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if VR is the future of what we think the metaverse is going to be. I think there's got to be massive, massive, um, kind of upgrades and innovations in VR tech and, and just maybe more of a, a solidified idea of what the metaverse is going to be anyway yeah, since mean, nobody no. really knows i mean we've talked about it on the pod before who 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 really knows what a metaverse is going to be mm. but anyway um outro time rob where can we find you you can find me at uh, tokengamer.io for daily blockchain gaming news, at tokengamernews on Twitter. That was a lovely hair flick. Thank you. Um, you can find uh, us on twitch.tv forward slash tokengamer, uh, where we stream Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8pm UTC. That's super dope. He was playing He was playing Alluvium closed beta on Tuesday, which Ooh, is um, fun. pretty cool. Uh, they, they also, I just saw before we came on, they have just got a pairing... Uh, ILV token has just got a pairing with USD on Coinbase. So Alluvium have deep pockets because that costs a lot <laughs> of money to get Coinbase to do that. Um, where else can you find me? I don't know. We just launched uh, waxaccount.com, which is a um, a kind of block style uh, explorer for Wax where you can track all your tokens, including gaming tokens that are on the Wax blockchain, such as Scrap and so on. Uh, we've got our app. We've got competitions running. We're giving away a thousand wax for that, which right now isn't as exciting as it was in December. But if we return to December, we just gave away way too much money for one competition. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. What about you? Uh, so for, for the latest NFT news, it's nftinsider.io. Um, I'm back this week. So we're looking at daily uploads and, and all that fun stuff again. Uh, we're going to be re, uh, kickstarting video 
content again uh, in the near future. I've actually done some uh, overlays. Uh, overlays? Over what are they called? Uh, voiceovers. Voiceovers. How the hell did I get voiceover and overlay mixed up? Anyway, mm. um, well, I've done a few of those for some videos that are going to come out in the near future. So there we go. Uh, for socials, uh, at NFT Insider underscore IO. Um, giveaways tweets yeah you know you know what to expect at this point uh, for me personally at hydropowered h-y-d-r-o-p-w-r-d twitch twitter instagram steam various other places um twitter's the best one for my daily thoughts on the industry and um, we've got our newsletter for nft insider sorry that's um mtinsider.io for slash newsletter sign up to that exclusive interviews giveaways all that good stuff uh, and Atomic Cup Live London is three weeks away. So um, live.atomiccup.io. Uh, I think by the time this podcast goes out, we will have... Is it two further announcements or three further announcements? But anyway, we're announcing some uh, some more people that are going to be there um, and kind of finalising our schedule. So if you haven't already... Um, Go to the website and go and grab your ticket. While stocks remain, we have moved venue because of the demand. So um, we only wait, have. Wait, where? <laughs> Why don't I we, know I mean, this? <laughs> we, we have the, the website's changed. So um, we're moving ten minutes across. So we we used to be um, in the west end of London at Proud Embankment. Uh, we're now right in the heart of the city of London in Proud City, um, which is uh, nice. both kind of caters to our needs a bit better and allows us to kind of i think the, the space is going to be a better fit for the amount of people that have already signed up really so, lot of uh, yeah there's been there's been awesome. a lot there's been a lot of signups so yeah get your ticket if you haven't done already and there's gonna be some cool stuff there uh cool that is everything i believe so do you want to try an outro rob or should we should we stick yeah. with my dog no, yeah I, let's I, go for it i got this i got this <laughs> <clears throat> So that was episode 41 of the Mint One podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. If you could leave uh, a like and a comment on YouTube, rate and subscribe on um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Anchor or anywhere you can find us really. Um, and then follow us and retweet everything we say religiously. <laughs> and we'll see you and... Got a guess no. next week. I, could, I don't. Maybe, I was, maybe that's we'll exactly well, what well. I was thinking. <laughs> I, we, we might do. We might not. A, so we might have a guess next week, and we've got a big guest coming in two weeks' time. Um, so see you soon. Mm-hmm.